First Baptist Church of Athens offers daily devotions for the Lenten journey. These are personal stories given by members and come from their personal life and journey in faith. Real people sharing their joys and sorrows, doubts and convictions, fears, hopes, and gratitude. As you make your personal journey and choices during Lent, we hope their insights will bring you inspiration, encouragement, and discovery. The devotion today for day 14 of our Lenten journey is given by Fred Young. Allow for the music to free your mind and open your heart to listen for God. The medical world is an international place. In almost every community in the United States, you'll find physicians from all over the world. Some of these physicians are Christians, but many of them are Hindus and Muslims. Muslims observe Ramadan, which is a commemoration of Muhammad's first revelation. It lasts for one month, and during that time, Muslims fast from sunrise to sunset. The fast is for both food and liquids, so it's definitely a change from the average person's daily routine. Watching Muslims observe Ramadan calls me to think about my own faith practices. What is it that Christians are required to do as practitioners of the faith? As Baptists, each of us is required to acknowledge that Jesus is Lord at the time of our baptism. Not all baptisms use those exact words, but that's the idea. We acknowledge that Jesus is Lord and that we're making a commitment to follow wherever he leads us. So what does that mean? It's not mandatory that we attend church on Sundays we all suspect that's a good idea. What about tithing? If we go to church and pay our tithe, is that enough? We hear about prayer and fasting, but we don't really have any requirements to do either of these things. Or is being a Christian just a matter of acknowledging that Jesus is Lord and letting it go at that? I don't think so. For me, it means four things. I'll list them and then explain each one. Number one, follow me. Jesus, that is. Number two, follow the rules. Number three, take care of each other. Number four, spread the word. Follow me, follow the rules, take care of each other, spread the word. Number one, follow me. Several places in the gospel, Jesus calls people to follow him. He is not long on details about what that means, but it is a call to each of us to seek out his will in our lives. It is an active process that requires us to look and not wait for lightning to strike. We use the Bible as our guide, and I believe it speaks to all people in all places at all times of history. Part of following Jesus means searching the scriptures to see how they apply to us here and now. Number two, follow the rules. 
as Christians, we recoil against some of the extreme things that we see in the Old Testament. For example, stoning a person to death because they worked on the Sabbath. We look back at the hundreds of rules in the Old Testament and say, we've been set free from all that. I don't think that's quite right. When Jesus speaks in the Sermon on the Mount, he just gives us a better idea about how we should relate to the laws. For example, here's what he says about anger. You have heard that it was said to those of old, you shall not murder, and whoever murders will be liable to judgment. But I say to you that everyone who is angry with his brother will be liable to judgment. He is saying it's not just the action, but the things in a person's heart that led to the action. Those of us of a certain age will remember Jimmy Carter's interview with Playboy magazine when he was running for president. He was asked if he had ever committed adultery, and he said that he had. I'm sure this shocked the interviewer, but he went on to add that he had committed adultery by lusting in his heart. I think most of us would give him a pass on that, but he understood the spirit of the Sermon on the Mount. I think what Jesus is saying is that we are free from the letter of the law, but not from the spirit of the law. The spirit of the law still holds true. Some things are wrong. Number three, take care of each other. That is pretty self-explanatory, but I want to point out one thing. Frequently, we talk about helping people who have less than we do, and I think we should do that. But we can't let this turn into an us and them thing. It's not a matter of us, people with money, and them, people without money. We're all in the same boat. It is we and not us and them. Not only is the us and them idea wrong, it can lead one group to feel superior to another group, and that is not Jesus' message. Was the Good Samaritan wealthier than the man he befriended? Who knows? The man who was robbed was just someone who needed help. It could have been any of us. Number four, spread the word. This one makes us a little uncomfortable because we've seen it done badly so many times. But the Great Commission is there, and we can't ignore it. I think we can find ways to do this if we keep our eyes open. Our church is involved with ministries that feed and house people, our daily bread and family promise. That is good. We were involved with the ministry to the Roma people in Slovakia and the Czech Republic for 10 years, and I think it was positive for them and for us. Currently, the Missions Committee is looking at a partnership with CBF field personnel in Uganda to support refugees in Africa. Those types of projects are years in the making, but they can make a big difference in people's lives. Helping people in need, whether in Athens or thousands of miles away, helps spread the word better than handing someone a religious tract and trying to scare them into becoming a Christian. So that's it. Those are the four things that I think it means to be a practicing Christian. Follow me, follow the rules, take care of each other, spread the word. It's active, it's not passive, it's not just an intellectual ascent, and it takes work. Pray with me. Lord, show us what it means to follow you. How can I be a better Christian in the 21st century with all the craziness that is in the world? Amen.